to find in the morning papers It's hard to find in the magazines It doesn't matter what show you tune in It's hard to find on TV screen It's on talk radio Truth is on talk radio Turn it on, turn it up as loud as it'll go Talk radio well, Double talk is all you get And you wanna hear it straight Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the National Intel Report. I'm your host, John Statmiller. We're here with you on this Wednesday, 28 January 09. And as promised, I started Monday. And I'm going to do a series of this type of program until I'm done. I don't know if this is going to last another two days another two weeks, two months, or two minutes. Well, I can guarantee it won't last two minutes. And the reason I'm doing this programming, folks, is for is simple. For every 100,000 we have whacking at the branch, we have one striking at the root. And the sickening thought occurred to me today, you know, through the programming, and it's a need to know, For many people in this country, programming such as this, they have never even heard the likes of. That's why we want to encourage you to call this network. Get the business cards. Get the bumper stickers. Get the word out, folks. We're doing our job here. You do yours there. Inform as many people as you can. I've never quite put it like that before, but we're doing our job. You do yours. On Monday, I did the piece by Benjamin H. Friedman, and he gave this at the Willard Hotel in 1961. I also wrote for McGinley's newspaper, Common Sense. Lassie Williamson, I did the story by him as well, Zionism and the Jewish National Socialism. And today, I'm going to get into Jack Bernstein. Now, you notice something. Strange, isn't it? That all of what I'm reading to you is coming from Jews themselves that have discovered what the problem is, and they've been warning people about it. Jack Bernstein, this was written, oh, some 28 years ago, My Farewell to Israel, Thorn of the Middle East, And then we're going to do some programming on the Rothschilds and Rockefellers, what they've created, who they control, and bring you up to present day, folks. And I'm trying desperately not to leave any large gaping holes. But we have a problem here, folks. I'm not here to hype you about the police state. We know that it's coming. I'm not here to scream aloud, let's remember 9-11. 
All these are important issues. But the main underlying disease, the cancer that is rotting out this country, continues unabated. So if people feel good, and I know there's got to be introductory menus, if you will, to people coming in to the enlightened stage. <laughs> but folks that have been with me for a number of years, oh, nigh on 15 now, they understand exactly what I am saying and why I'm doing this. And I hope that you out there that have got into the channel-changing, knee-jerk, reactionary-type stuff, I hope that you stick with me for these next two hours. We don't need knee-jerk reactionaries out there. Oh, my, isn't that terrible? Oh, my, isn't this terrible? We're going to get to the cancer. Hi, I'm Roger Mason, the inventor of Beta Prostate. Men, are you getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Is your love life not what it used to be? Many men don't realize these issues are often related to their prostate health. Prostate problems start about age 40, and by 50, over half of men already have a prostate problem. This only gets worse. What can you do? See a doctor for checkups and take Beta Prostate. It is the well-researched natural formula that supports a healthy prostate, and it's made with pure beta cytosterol, 11 essential minerals plus vitamin D. This is the best-selling prostate formula in the world. It's safe, it's healthy, and what every man over 40 should take for good prostate nutrition. To try Beta Prostate risk-free, dial 1-800-362-5848. Call today for Beta Prostate and get Roger Mason's best-selling book free with your order. Dial 1-800-362-5848. That's 1-800-362-5848. Hi, I'm Roger Mason, the inventor of Beta Prostate. Men, are you getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Is your love life not what it used to be? Many men don't realize these issues are often related to their prostate health. Prostate problems start about age 40, and by 50, over half of men already have a prostate problem. This only gets worse. What can you do? See a doctor for checkups and take Beta Prostate. It is the well-researched natural formula that supports a healthy prostate, and it's made with pure beta cytosterol, 11 essential minerals plus vitamin D. This is the best-selling prostate formula in the world. It's safe, it's healthy, and what every man over 40 should take for good prostate nutrition. To try Beta Prostate risk-free, dial 1-800-362-5848. Call today for Beta Prostate and get Roger Mason's best-selling book free with your order. Dial 1-800-362-5848. That's 1-800-362-5848. With financial uncertainty circling the globe due to job losses, decline in the housing market, a climate of corruption, bailouts, currency rigging, and unfair competition, many are once more turning to precious metals as the only hedge against the uncertainty of the future. With the U.S. House conducting hearings on proposals to confiscate workers' personal retirement accounts, including 401Ks and IRAs, this is the time to secure your assets. Call Republic Trading Group today, 800-691-7898, before this happens, and find out how easy it is to convert your existing IRA and, in some instances, your 401K plan into real wealth now. Don't let the ravages of hyperinflation caused by the massive increase of fiat currency now flooding world markets affect your retirement account. Call RTG at 800-691-7898 and experience the security and peace of mind that only real gold and silver can offer. That number again is 800-691-7898. Call now.
Get ready for Real Talk Radio. You're listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. What I'm about to share with you just doesn't come from any Jew. It comes from Jack Bernstein. And he was a Zionist, Ashkenazi Jew. And he entitles this simply, The Life of an American Jew in a Racist Marxist Israel. My Farewell to Israel, Thorn of the Middle East. And before I embark on this, keep something in mind, ladies and gentlemen. The House of Rothschild are the fine people that financed and set up Israel. There's no coincidence that the Red Shield and that symbol that you equate with the symbol on the Israeli flag was the House of Rothschild symbology. And Albert Pike, back in the 1800s, penned a book, Morals and Dogma. And he also told people that there is going to be three world wars. Now, throughout this, you will have information given to you in a proper timeline that we can see, at least for the past 200 years, as long, almost as long as this country has been a nation, that we have had and shared a similar problem, albeit cloaked, not spoken of, above a whisper in the halls of Congress or in the Senate. It is what every congressman, every senator in Washington, D.C. is afraid of and will not speak out against it. Today, they're going to pass a, a budgetary amendment, another bailout. A private corporation, for whatever reason for its failure, is being put on the backs of the American people. That is flat-out socialism. This is what the grand masters want for the entire planet. They control the money, hence control governments and corporations, and they don't give a tinker's damn who passes what law or utters one political speech or word in whatever country on this planet. It makes no difference. Jack Bernstein said, Before Israel became a state in 1948, Jews worldwide were filled with the Zionist propaganda that Israel would be a homeland for all Jews, a refuge for persecuted Jews, a democratic country, and the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. I am an Ashkenazi Jew who spent the first 25 years of my life in the United States, the country that has given all Jews freedom and the opportunity to prosper. And prosper we Jews did, to the point that one portion of the Jews, the Zionists, have gained a position of political and economic dominance, in the U.S. To fully understand the story I'm about to tell, it is important that you understand what Zionism really is. Zionist propaganda has led the American people to believe that Zionism and Judaism are one and the same and that they are religious in nature. This is a blatant lie. Judaism is a religion, but Zionism is a political movement started mainly by East European Ashkenazi Jews for the for centuries have been the main force behind communism and socialism. The ultimate goal of the Zionists in one 
world government under the control of the Zionists and the Zionist-oriented Jewish international bankers. Communism and socialism are merely tools to help them accomplish their goal. I was a victim of the Zionist propaganda. After 1967 war, we Jews were filled with pride that our homeland had become so powerful and successful. Then, too, we had been filled with the false, false propaganda that Jews in America were being persecuted. So between 1967 and 1970, approximately 50,000 American Jews fell for the Zionist propaganda and migrated to Israel. I was one of those suckers. After being filled with all the false Zionist propaganda, I felt that I would have a better chance to succeed in the new Jewish state. There was an added enticement, the spirit and challenge of pioneering and helping my fellow Jews. Jews. <laughs> Jules. <laughs> we'll get around to the diamond mines later. <laughs> Dual citizenship. I had no emotion or no emotional conflict with leaving the U.S. because I still was able to keep my U.S. citizenship and could return to the U.S. at any time. You see, Jews are allowed to become citizens of both Israel and some countries. The U.S. is one of those countries. The U.S. government allows a Jew to be a citizen of both U.S. and Israel. And as I asked the other day, then where do your loyalties lie? German Americans cannot be citizens of both U.S. and Germany. Italian Americans cannot be citizens of both U.S. and Italy. Egyptian Americans cannot be the citizens of both the U.S. and Egypt, but a Jewish American can be a citizen of both Israel and the U.S. This is a good example of the power the Zionist Jews have over the U.S. government. I arrive in the Jewish paradise. Before leaving for Israel, a Jewish friend of mine had made arrangements for me to stay a few days with her sister, Fazia Dubul, and her spinster aunt. After arriving at the Laud Airport just outside of Tel Aviv, I took a bus to the home of Miss Dubul and her aunt. When I saw Fazi, it was love at first sight. I started calling her Ziva, her Hebrew name. Ziva is a Sephardic Jewess from Iraq who, like myself, had fallen from the Zionist propaganda and had migrated to Israel. She was employed as a hairdresser. After visiting with Ziva and her aunt for two days, I left to spend six months at Kibbutz Ein, and I do believe this is Hashofet, one of the uh, one well over the 150 such communes that are operating in Israel. Since then, many more have been started, especially in the territory taken from the Palestinian Arabs. A kibbutz is a farming and sometimes industrial venture. It's important to explain that Israel's kibbutz system is a Marxist idea brought to Israel by an Ashkenazi Jew who migrated to Israel mainly from Poland and Russia. These Jews are part of, the, of that bunch of Jews we know as the Bolsheviks. Before 1917, they were the force that laid the foundation for the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917 in Russia and the start of communism. Again, I want to point out, even emphasize, that it is some of that same bunch of Ashkenazi communist socialist Jews who migrated to Israel, gained control of the Zionist movement, and have dominated the government of Israel since its beginning in 1948. Now back to the kibbutz. Prior to 1967, most of the work on the kibbutz was done by Jews, but since the 1967 war, the work has been done by Arabs, who are paid a very low wage, and by volunteers from overseas. Members of the kibbutz, all Jews, share all things equally. 
They receive clothing, food, and a small allowance. All profits from the venture go into the kibbutz account for future use. Each of these kibbutz are affiliated with one of Israel's Marxist parties, ranging from socialist to hardcore communist. The kibbutz I was in was not hardcore, hardcore communist, yet I was happy to leave after four months, two months earlier than originally planned. During the time I was working in the kibbutz, I carried on the courtship with Ziva. She was one of the reasons I left the kibbutz. After only four months, we were to be married. Our marriage created problems. The marriage ceremony was held in the Sephardic synagogue. The ceremony was simple but beautiful. Ziva and I were happy, but our marriage created serious problems. You see, Ziva is a Sephardic Jewess, and I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. For an Ashkenazi Jew to marry a Sephardic Jew is frowned upon in Israel by the ruling Ashkenaziism. To understand why this is the case, you must realize the difference between Sephardic and Ashkenazi Jews. The powerful Zionist propaganda machine has led the American people to believe that the Jew is a Jew, one race of people, and that they are God's chosen people. I will deal with the God's chosen people lie later. First, it is important for you to understand that Jews are not one race of people. There are two distinct groups of Jews in the world, and they come from two different areas of the world. The Sephardic Jews from the Middle East and the North African and Ashkenazi Jews come from Eastern Europe. The Sephardic is the oldest group, and is they, if any, who are the Jews described in the Bible because they lived in the area described in the Bible. They are blood relatives to the Arabs. The only difference between them is the religion. The Ashkenazi Jews, who now compromise 90% of the Jews in the world, had a rather strange beginning. According to historians, many of the Jewish, the Ashkenazi Jews, came into existence about 1,200 years ago. It happened this way. At the eastern edge of Europe, there lived a tribe of people we know as the Khazars. About the year of 740 A.D., the Khazar king and his court decided that they should adopt the religion for their people. So representatives of three major religions, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, were invited to present their religious doctrines. The Khazars chose Judaism, but it wasn't for religious reasons. If the Khazars had chosen Islam, they would have angered the strong Christian population of the world. If they had chosen Christianity, they would have angered the strong Islamic world, so they played it safe. They chose Judaism. It wasn't for religious reasons the Khazars chose Judaism. It was for political reasons. Sometime during the 13th century, the Khazars were driven from their land, and they migrated westward, with most of them settling in Poland and Russia. These Khazars are now known as Ashkenazi Jews, because these Khazar Ashkenazi Jews merely chose Judaism, they are not really Jews, at least not blood Jews. Throughout their history, these Polish and Russian Ashkenazi Jews practiced communism and socialism and worked to have their ideas implemented into these countries. By the late 1800s, significant members of the communist socialist Jews were found in Germany, the Balkans, and eventually all over Europe. Because of their interference in the social and governmental affairs of Russia, they became the target of persecution by the czars. And we'll pick this up right after this break, ladies and gentlemen. This is history. I hope you're paying attention because you, my fine friends out there, need to be the teachers of the unwashed and the uneducated. That's your job. Here's Dr. John Matson, a naturopathic doctor, and his views 
on Cardivite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right, to fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on Cardivite and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a, a yeast-killing effect. So the yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy is as close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the, the gut. It's working on the liver. It's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? For more information or to order your Cardivite, call 1-877-928-8822. Cardivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or tincture. Our website is heartdrop.com. Attention, an important product from HempUSA.org, Microplant Powder, will change your life by removing all types of positive toxins, such as heavy metals, parasites, bacteria, viruses, and fungus from the digestive tract and stomach wall so you can absorb nutrients. Microplant Powder is 89% silica and packed with a negative charge that attracts positive toxins from the blood, organs, spine, and brain. This product has the ability to rebuild cartilage and bone, which allows synovial fluid to return to to the joints. Silica is a precursor to calcium, meaning the body turns silica into calcium and is great for the heart. There is no better time than now to have microplant powder on your shelf or in your storage shelter. And with an unlimited shelf life, you can store it anywhere. Call 908-691-2608 or visit hempusa.org. It's a great way to change your life. So call 908-691-2608 or visit us at hempusa.org today. Hey, honey, I'm home. I grabbed the newspaper on the way home. Look at all the news today. The newspaper? Don't you know that all you're going to get in the newspaper is propaganda, twisted news, and false information? Honey, this is a national newspaper. It has to be true. Ha! Huh. For some reason, a majority of the population believe anything the mainstream media tells them. The newspaper does not give out the important attention on what's happening to this country and news that affects our daily lives. Say, does that newspaper mention anything about the North American Union? No, not that I can see. I didn't think so. You need to go to www.newswithviews.com, where truth is more important than political correctness. That's www.newswithviews.com. Hey, don't throw that away. We can use that in the birdcage. Okay, move over. Let me start reading newswithviews.com. The truth? Read all about it at newswithviews.com. Newswithviews.com, where reality shatters illusion. As I said prior to the break, in the 1800s, significant numbers of these communist and socialist Jews were found in Germany, the Balkans, and eventually all over Europe. Because of their interference in social and governmental affairs of Russia, they became the target of persecution by the czars. Because migration of these communists and socialist-oriented Jews began, some went to Palestine, some went to Central and South America, and a large number of them came to the U.S. Hence, political Zionism is born. In 1897, the first Zionist Congress was held in Basel, Switzerland. At this Congress, it was decided to work toward the establishment of a Jewish state, and a search for land on which to build this Jewish state began. Great Britain offered the Zionist land in Africa. The Zionists rejected. They wanted Palestine. 
At the time, Palestine was inhabited by a half a million Palestinian Arabs and a few Palestinian Jews who are blood-related and who had lived together in peace for centuries. With Palestine as their choice for a homeland, European Ashkenazi Jews began migrating to Palestine. As I explained earlier, most were communist and socialist-oriented, with some of them being radical Bolshevist communists, whose aim is world domination. So when you think of Jews, especially as related to Israel, keep in mind that there is a great difference between Sephardic and Ashkenazi. They are not one united people. They are divided socially, politically, and especially racially. Now back to Ziva, a Sephardic Jewish, and I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, and our lives are the so-called democratic country of Israel. Now the Sephardic Jews, they're second-class citizens. For the first three years of our marriage, it was necessary for us to live in Ziva's aunt, uh, with Ziva's aunt. This was because of the critical housing shortage in Israel and because of racism. Housing is allotted as follows. Ashkenazi Jews who have lived in Israel for many years are given first choice. Second in line are the Ashkenazi Jews from Europe, especially if they are married, or marry an Israeli-born Ashkenazi. The next favorite are Ashkenazi Jews from the U.S., especially if they marry an Israeli-born Ashkenazi Jew. Sephardic Jews have the next choice of whatever housing is left. At the bottom of the list are Muslims, Druze, and Christians. Now, opportunities for employment follow the same pattern. Ashkenazi Jews get the choicest jobs, Sephardic Jews next, and then Muslim, Druze, and Christians fill the menial jobs with a great many left unemployed. Even though I was... An Ashkenazi Jew from the U.S., I was placed lower on the list for housing because I married a Sephardic Jewess. Being denied housing was the second experience of the intense racism that exists in Israel. From the very beginning of my arrival in Israel, many slurs were yelled at me. We American Jews were merely being tolerated because Israel, to survive, must depend on the gifts of the American Jews and the sale of worthless Israeli bonds in America. There is jealousy among the elite Israeli Ashkenazi Jews toward American Jews, even if the American Jews are also Ashkenazi. Many times I was told, go home, we want your money, but not you. Spoken like a true Jew. However, there was a portion of the American Jews who were welcome and given favored treatment. They were the card-carrying communist Jews. Of the 50,000 American Jews, like myself, had migrated to Israel between 1967 and 1970, about 20% or 10,000 of them were Marxist-oriented, with a great number of them actual card-carrying communists. They were welcomed by the Israeli authorities and the local Ashkenazi and were given favored treatment, housing, jobs, and social life. It must be noted, coming from the U.S., a great number of communist Jews were migrating to Israel from Chile, Argentina, and South Africa. Of the 50,000 who had migrated to Israel during that time, 80% of us eventually returned to the U.S. The 20% who remained were those who were card-carrying communists or sympathetic to Marxism. He speaks of the three faces of Israel. From what I have told you so far, you must have the idea that Israel is a Marxist, socialist, communist country. This would be correct. But Israel has three faces, communism, fascism, and democracy. The Ashkenazi Jews who migrated to Israel from Russia brought with them the ideology of socialism and communism and have put their uh, put into practice much of that ideology. The Ashkenazi Jews who migrated to Israel from Germany, while sympathetic to communism and support it, 
tend to favor the practices of the Nazi-style fascism. During World War II in Germany, these elite Zionist Ashkenazi Jews worked closely with Hitler's Gestapo in persecuting the lower-class German Jews and delivering them to the concentration camps. Now, living in Israel, these elite Zionist Jews, who are well-trained in the Nazi-style fascism and favorite, have imposed many facets of fascism on Israel. To give the impression that Israel is a democracy, members of the Neset, the Israeli Congress, are elected an odd type of election. This is where Israel's so-called democracy stops. It doesn't make any difference which party wins an election, the Likud or Labor. The elite Zionist Jews rule in a dictatorial manner, giving favors to the elite clique and brutally suppressing any dissent. In the Zionist communist scheme of world domination, it is Israel's role to continually stir up trouble in the Middle East, since wars are a big part of this scheme of aggression. It is only natural that from early childhood on, Israel youth are trained mentally and physically for war. For instance, Israel has its equivalent in Hitler's youth uh, group. It is the Gadna. And all high school and junior high school students are required to participate, boys and girls. Like Hitler's youth group, the youth in Israel's Gadna are dressed in khaki uniforms. They take training and engage in paramilitary exercises. Listen to the parallels that you're starting to hear coming out of the abomination. Barry Sartoro's New Deal. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, I'm Roger Mason, the inventor of Beta Prostate. Men, are you getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Is your love life not what it used to be? Many men don't realize these issues are often related to their prostate health. Prostate problems start about age 40, and by 50, over half of men already have a prostate problem. This only gets worse. What can you do? See a doctor for checkups and take Beta Prostate. It is the well-researched natural formula that supports a healthy prostate, and it's made with pure beta cytosterol, 11 essential minerals plus vitamin D. This is the best-selling prostate formula in the world. It's safe, it's healthy, and what every man over 40 should take for good prostate nutrition. To try Beta Prostate risk-free, dial 1-800-362-5848. Call today for Beta Prostate and get Roger Mason's best-selling book free with your order. Dial 1-800-362-5848. That's 1-800-362-5848. Toxic heavy metals. They're in the air we breathe, water we drink, our food, products we use, objects we touch, and they negatively impact our health by building up within the body over time. But now, toxic metals can be mobilized in a safe, effective manner with Keelorex from scienceformulas.com. Keelorex is an oral chelator developed from Dr. Alan Greenberg's clinical experience with heavy metal poisoning during his 25 years of medical practice. Keelorex contains absolutely zero synthetic chelation agents, which frequently cause adverse side effects. Keelorex contains all natural ingredients that enhance the body's natural mechanisms for excreting heavy metals and protects against reabsorption. Keelorex effectively mobilizes mercury, aluminum, lead, and 15 other heavy metals. Try Keelorex now from scienceformulas.com with this RBN special offer. Purchase two bottles, get one free with free shipping. Limited time offer. Go to scienceformulas.com. That's scienceformulas.com. Keelorex, chelation of toxic heavy metals the way nature intended. 
The First Amendment in the Bill of Rights limits the government's power by ensuring freedom of speech and preserving the rights of the people. Every day that passes, our rights gradually slip away. It's time to take a stand and let the government know we're tired of losing our rights. LibertyStickers.com will allow you to express your rights and allow millions of people to see you stand up for what you believe in. LibertyStickers.com carries the largest selection of bumper stickers online ranging from political to humorous and is your number one source for Ron Paul for President stickers. As always, you can find your favorite stickers that protest the war and the president. Don't see what you're looking for? Liberty Stickers will custom make stickers that will let you get your message across for all Americans to see. Go to LibertyStickers.com and see pre-made stickers that will get everyone talking. That's LibertyStickers.com or call 877-873-9626. Liberty Stickers, the world's most dangerous stickers. Tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Even at play, guns and thoughts of war are present. When on a picnic, instead of taking along a basketball or soccer equipment, they take submachine guns and assault rifles and practice shooting and playing military games. Once graduated from high school, all young boys are required to serve three years in the Army, two years for girls, or four years in the Navy or the Air Force, three for women. Ultra-Orthodox religious Jews are exempt from military service. Once out of the service, a number of the ex-service people join the Shin Bet, the equivalent of Hitler's Gestapo. Like the Gestapo, they engage in repressing anyone who acts or speaks out against the Marxist, fascist government of the Zionist-dominated Israel. Like in Nazi Germany, all the people in Israel are required to carry identity booklets called Tadat Zahut in Hebrew. One day, I changed jackets and forgot to take out my ID booklet. When I went down uh, downtown in Tel Aviv, a police officer approached me and asked for my Tadat Zahut. I told him that I'd left it in my other jacket because I didn't have my ID book- booklet with me. I was taken to the police station. At the police station, the desk sergeant informed me that for not having my ID booklet with me, I could be jailed for up to 16 days without even being taken before a judge. All that was necessary is for the police lieutenant to sign a remand order. I asked permission to make a telephone call to my wife and tell her to bring my ID booklet to the station. The sergeant allowed me two hours to have any Tadut Sahut produced. I called my wife and she brought the document, arriving just minutes before the two-hour deadline expired. If she had been late in arriving, I would have been jailed for 16 days for not having my ID booklet with me. This is just one indication that Israel is a police state and not a democracy. Concerning Nazism and fascism, please let me clear a point. Germans are an admirable people. I dare dare say even great. But in Germany, the general population were victims of the Nazis who through cunning and brutality gained power. In Germany, the average Jews were victims of the Zionist elite who worked hand-in-hand with the Nazis. Many of these same Zionist Jews who, in Germany, had worked with the Nazis, came to Israel and joined hands with the Zionist and Communist Jews from Poland and Russia. If the two faces of communism and Nazi-style fascism that rule Israel, democracy is merely an illusion. Regarding the tie 
between the elite Ashkenazi Jew and the Nazis? Take a look at the word Ashkenazi. Look again. Ashkenazi. Interesting, isn't it? There's great confusion regarding the relationship of fascism to communism. Fascism is national socialism. Communism is international socialism. Israel's economy. Economically, Israel is bankrupt. Of course, this could have been predicted because Israel's economic structure, structure is based on socialism. Whenever a government of a state and its citizens spend more money than the value of the goods produced, economic bankruptcy will result. If it were not for aid from America, Israel's economy would have collapsed long ago. Israel is a welfare state in every sense of the word. It is America's most favored welfare recipient. While American farmers, small businessmen, and laborers are struggling to survive, the U.S. government, dominated by Zionist Jews, are draining the pockets and purses of American taxpayers to support Israel's socialist economy and war machine. Remember, I am reading this from 1985. Since the Israeli government knows, and the favored Zionists know, that the Zionist pressure in America will ensure that America will keep sending them massive amounts of money, Israel's government and its favored citizens spend money like drunken sailors. This practice leads to inflation and eventually to an economic collapse. Comparing Israel to drunken sailors is unfair to sailors. Sailors spend their own money. Israel spends money it gets from America because Israel is a welfare state depending mainly on American aid for survival. It is on a downhill slide. In 1982, Israelis, uh, or Israel's rather inflation rate was 130%. In 1983, it was 200%. And this year, being 1984, is expected to uh, exceed 400%. That means a hamburger that cost a dollar last January will have risen to five bucks by the end of December. History shows that no nation mired in economic problems as Israel has become has ever avoided an economic collapse. Only with a massive increase in American financial aid can an economic collapse be averted. Even then, the solution would only be temporary. Regarding the destructive tendencies of socialism, there are circumstances that allow a country to successfully provide social programs to help its people. It is possible in a country that has sufficient financial resources and where its citizens are deeply religious and considerate of their fellow men. None of this exists in Israel. Even in countries where conditions are ideal, there lingers a danger. Since the government of the country provides for the needs of its citizens, most of these citizens have a tendency to lose incentive to work, and a country with a complacent citizenry is easily conquered. Tourism is one of the main sources of income. The largest group of visitors are American Jews, but there are also many American Christians who want to visit the holy shrines and to see the land of God's chosen people. These Christians come away very impressed and filled with religious fervor. While in Israel, Jews and Gentiles alike are carefully watched so they do not stray and happen to see a sordid side of Israel, the true Israel. Like in the Soviet Russia and other communist countries, visitors to Israel are taken on carefully planned guided tours. They are shown the religious sites, the universities, the lush orchards, the technical accomplishment, the arts, and to stir sympathy, they are taken to visit the Holocaust Museum. But kept from the eyes of the tourists are the ghettos, the prisons, 
where political prisoners, mostly Arabs and Sephardic Jews, are subjected to the most inhumane forms of torture. The tourists do not see the widespread crime activities and the corruption and the cooperation between organized crime bosses and government and police officials. The tourists do not learn of the true inner workings of Israel and the Marxist fascist government, nor do they see Israel's racism. I met one American tourist who couldn't help telling me about the wonderful religious feeling he had being in Israel, the Holy Land. I remarked to her, just try giving a Bible to a local Jew and you'll see how much religious religion rather, and religious freedom there is in Israel. If seen by the police, you will be arrested. Regarding the Holocaust Museum, he says, I cannot help but comment, the Holocaust may not have happened if the Zionist leadership in Germany had not cooperated with the Nazis, if the Zionists worldwide had not persuaded various countries to refuse to accept Jews from Germany, the Zionists in America persuaded President Roosevelt to shut the door and not allow Jewish ref—I'm uh, sorry, refugees, I'll get it out, into America before the war and when there was still a chance for Jews to leave Germany. He has an asterisk here. It must be added that many people, including Jews, question whether the Holocaust happened as portrayed by the Zionist propagandists, at least not to the extent of the Zionist claim. And my figures have it, folks, at about 460-plus thousand Jews in Germany. And there were most of the Jews in Germany. So how did this number inflate ten times? It's a propaganda machine eliciting sympathy, but more important, you cannot speak against a Jew that would be anti-Semitic. That would also be picking on somebody that has been so victimized, so very, very victimized. On the subject of religion, the land on which the present state of Israel has been built, formerly Palestine, was once walked upon by Moses. Jesus and Muhammad. Since Palestine was the site of many religions and religious events and has many religious sites, it is rightfully referred to as the Holy Land. So one would think that Palestine, now Israel, would tend to have an air of holiness about it. When Palestinian Muslims and Palestinian Jews occupied Palestine, there was a religious aura. But since the Zionists took over the area and set up the state of Israel, it is one of the most sinful nations in the world where only 5% of the Jews are religious. It's interesting to note that who are strongly religious are Arab Muslims and Arab Christians who make up a small minority in Israel. Israel law suppresses all religion. For instance, it is against the law to try to convert a Jew to another religion, even if the Jew is an atheist or a humanist. A Christian is permitted to preach the gospel in a church building but for the clergy or anyone to even tell about the teachings in the Bible outside the church building will bring a five-year prison sentence. For a Christian to give a Bible or religious article to a Jew will also bring a five-year sentence. Even an act of kindness by a Christian toward a Jew, such as giving a gift of food, can be interpreted as trying to convert the Jew to Christianity and can bring a five-year prison sentence. I wonder if the fat man down in San Antonio knows this. 
the one that is telling millions of Americans that Israel must stand at all cost. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope there is a hell because I want that fat pig to fry up like an like a fatty old hamburger. And by the way, if they have any belief in what they're teaching, that is going to be their fate because pastors and preachers and priests are judged by God by a higher standard than just the common layman. This is the same law religious suppression applies to those of Islamic faith who in the act of kindness give a gift of any kind to a Jew, a five-year prison sentence can result. The treatment of religious Jews is touchy for the ruling Zionists worldwide. Jews and non-Jews view Israel as a land where Jews may practice their religion without persecution. Therefore, the Zionists do not dare risk suppressing Judaism for fear of arousing world opinion against them. So the ruling Zionists merely tolerate the religious practices of the small minority of religious Jews in Israel. God's chosen people. The American people have been led to believe that the Jews are God's chosen people. This myth was started by a small group of Jews. A few Jewish leaders took excerpts from the Bible and interpreted them as chosen people. But isn't it odd that it is not the religious Jews who claim to be God's chosen people. It is the atheistic, non-believing Jews who claim that honor. Leading the cry, we are God's chosen people, are the Zionist Marxists and the Ashkenazi Jew, who for political purposes chose Judaism and who don't have a drop of biblical Jewish blood in them. One Israeli religious Jew said it well, at one time, we Jews were chosen by God to be his messengers, but long ago, we forfeited that right. Anyone, anyone who's read the Bible with an open mind knows that God gave Jews of the time special favors, but it was in the form of covenants. In these covenants were conditions, and another word for a covenant is contract. In these contracts were conditions. The conditions were that God demanded the Jews obey his word, Time after time, Jews broke the covenants. They rejected God and turned to an adoring mammon. It doesn't take a biblical scholar to realize that long ago, even the real Jews lost the right of being God's chosen people. In comparing the degree to which the followers of three major religions practice their beliefs, I make this observation. Judaism for Jews, Sephardic or Ashkenazi, are religious. This is true in America, in Israel, and worldwide. Christianity. The Christian's religion has felt the influence of Jewish meddling and infiltration, especially in America, resulting in confusion and bickering between the various Christian denominations. This has led to a lukewarm attitude among most Christians toward their religion. There is evidence to prove that Jews, or one of their many fronts, have started many of the Christian denominations and thus dominate doctrine. Islam the Muslims who follow the teachings of Islam are by far the most fervent of the three major religions in following their religious beliefs. The Judeo-Christian ethic we hear so much about in America is a big joke, the result of an intense Zionist propaganda campaign. I'll toss in one last thought about the God's chosen people myth. God said, Beware of those who call themselves Jews and are not, for they lie. 
Could it be the Ashkenazi Jews of the people to whom God was referring? Israel stirs perpetual war. In the Holy Land, it would seem that there would be peace. Instead, war and preparation for war is ever-present. The Israeli military machine is recognized as the fourth most powerful in the world from the standpoint of the amount of planes, tanks, and other fighting equipment, plus the fact that it is of the latest design, does make the military machine of Israel very powerful, but in the army, serious weaknesses have developed. Now, this was 1985. He doesn't mention nuclear weapons, because I do believe by 1985 it was being discussed, giving the technology to Israel as long as they just kept it quiet. Now it is believed, at minimum, Israel has 200 nuclear weapons, and possibly as many as 400. That would make their Arab neighbors a little bit nervous because they could fry them like a French fry from thousands of miles away. My comment here, why is Ahmadinejad being put to the test? Because he wants to develop nuclear power in his country? Uh, But they could make a nuclear bomb out of it. And as I've said this before, so what? If I've got Israel and they absolutely want to blow me to smithereens, at least let me have the slingshot against the giant. Before exploring the weaknesses of Israel's army, let me briefly review each of the wars in which Israel has been involved. An average of one in every eight years since it became a state in 1948. The 48 War. Just after Israel had declared itself a state, Palestinians and other Arabs attacked the Israeli army, which had been formed out of the terrorist groups, the Ergen and the Stern Gang. The reason for the attack by the Palestinians was to try to regain their homes, which, through murder and terrorism, the Zionists had confiscated. The Palestinians had been a peaceful people and were not trained in the art of warfare, while the Ashkenazi Zionist Jews, who had migrated from the Soviet Russia, Poland, and Germany had more knowledge of tactical warfare. In addition, Zionists had built up a large amount of arms, which they had purchased from the U.S., and communist countries had illegally smuggled into the area. The uh, the Arabs were defeated, and in the process, Israel conquered more Palestinian territory. We'll continue with this right after this break. Special Roast Hemp Coffee from HempUSA.org. Our coffee grows in the dense volcanic-rich soil, herbicide and pesticide-free, and in the high altitudes of Guatemala, in conditions that are ideal for natural growth of this high-quality coffee. Try our mellow cup of coffee that is ground and roasted with 25% hemp seed from Canada. With a wonderful nutty flavor that contains 18% protein, our roasters bring a unique flavor that makes this the best cup of coffee you'll ever have. Try our new special roast hemp coffee from HempUSA.org and wake up your brain without the jitters. Our customers look forward to their next cup of hemp coffee. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608 and see if you'll change your mind about drinking coffee again. Taste the difference. 
Feel the difference at HempUSA.org today. Hi, I'm Roger Mason, the inventor of Beta Prostate. Men, are you getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Is your love life not what it used to be? Many men don't realize these issues are often related to their prostate health. Prostate problems start about age 40, and by 50, over half of men already have a prostate problem. This only gets worse. What can you do? See a doctor for checkups and take Beta Prostate. It is the well-researched natural formula that supports a healthy prostate, and it's made with pure beta cytosterol, 11 essential minerals plus vitamin D. This is the best-selling prostate formula in the world. It's safe, it's healthy, and what every man over 40 should take for good prostate nutrition. To try Beta Prostate risk-free, dial 1-800-362-5848. Call today for Beta Prostate and get Roger Mason's best-selling book free with your order. Dial 1-800-362-5848. That's 1-800-362-5848. With recent international flight from the dollar, it's confusing. How to protect your wealth against this invisible loss of purchasing power? Let the Republic Trading Group help you see through the fog and deception of the fiat money masters. The fact is gold is and always has been the only insurance against the erosion of your wealth. So put the power of gold to work for you, and rest assured your purchasing power is secure. Buy your gold from the most dependable and reputable dealer, Republic Trading Group. Call today, 1-800-691-7898, and let Robbie Noel help you see through the fog. When you support the Republic Trading Group, you're also supporting Republic Broadcasting Network. So visit our new and improved website today, republictradinggroup.net, for daily news and information from around the world. Don't be confused. Call Republic Trading Group today, 1-800-691-7898, and lock in the power of gold. In 1956, Egypt owned the land through which the Suez Suez Canal flows. Egypt's president, Nasser, declared his intention of taking over operation of the canal from England. This would have hurt England's colonial empire, so England, along with France and Israel, conspired to attack Egypt. With Egypt nearly subdued, American President Eisenhower stepped in and ordered England, France, and Israel to withdraw. At the time, the United States was still militarily strong enough to back Eisenhower's order, so England, France, and Israel did withdraw. This was the only time during the U.S.-Israeli relations that a U.S. president put any interest of America ahead of Israel's interest. The 1967 war, tension was mounting between Egypt and Israel over territory located between the two countries, the Sinai and the Gaza Strip. To help Israel get an unfair advantage, the Soviet Union... Uh, Union itself resorted to trickery. Soviet diplomats in Egypt told President Nasser to threaten war but not attack. Then Soviet diplomats told Israel's leader to threaten war and then go ahead and attack. This act of treachery enabled Israel to attack while Egypt was off guard and destroy Egypt's military capacity in just six days. It has been the goal of Israel's leaders to take over the land between the Nile and the Euphrates. Besides the Sinai and the Gaza Strip, with Israel intended to take from Egypt during the war, they desired the West Bank, which was part of Jordan, and the Golan Heights, which was part of Syria. So during the 1967 war, Israel resorted to trickery. 
Israel had technical equipment to intercept radio messages and change these messages, boil them, if you will, and then send them on to their destination. During the war, Israel intercepted messages from Egypt to Jordan and Syria and changed the messages, tricking Jordan and Syria into entering the war. The Arab countries were defeated, and Israel took a big step toward its goal of conquest by occupying the Golan Heights and the West Bank, as well as the Sinai and the Gaza Strip. Even though Israel's attack on Egypt is called the 1967 War, and often referred to as the Six-Day War, it can hardly be called a war. Egypt, the most powerful Arab nation at that time, didn't have a chance to fight. Trickery, trickery rather, was on the part of the Soviet Union, and Israel, as I have explained, rendered the so-called 1967 War nothing more than a treacherous act of terrorism for which the Soviets and the Israelis are famous. Israel's attack on the USS Liberty. During the 1967 war, one of the most daring acts of treachery was committed. It was the attack on an American ship, the USS Liberty, by America's so-called friend, Israel. During Israel's treacherous attack on Egypt, the USS Liberty, an American surveillance ship, was cruising off the coast of Israel monitoring the uh, progress of the attack. Realizing that the USS Liberty was learning and recording Israel's acts of treachery, Israeli leaders decided to get rid of the evidence. Israeli planes and torpedo boats attacked the Liberty with obvious intent in sinking it. If the ship was sunk, thus destroying the evidence, Israel could go and blame Egypt for the attack. And the Zionist-controlled news media in America would have given the lie as fact with the intent of turning the American people against Egypt. But fortunately, bravery on the part of the Liberty crew kept the ship afloat Israel failed in its act of treachery against America, its ally, but during the attack, Israel killed 34 crew members of the Liberty and wounded 171. Israel claimed the attack on the Liberty was a case of mistaken identity, but reports by the surviving crew and other evidence prove the attack by Israel was in fact intentional. Facts about the attack on the USS Liberty were conveniently admitted, omitted by the Zionist-controlled American news media, all that the Zionists told the American people was Israel had sunk an American ship, but that it was a case of mistaken identity. An investigation by the U.S. government was subdued and a matter quickly forgotten. This is a good example of the tremendous influence the Zionists have over the U.S. government. We will continue this into the second hour, folks. I hope you're enjoying hearing real history. With recent 